Hello and welcome to the Over Underachievers, the only podcast in the world that talks about sports and gambling. I'm one of your host, Max McCoy. Join me as always. He just swept the Yankees in four. It's Jason Waterfalls. Jason, is that true? Did you do that? You know, I just I don't know what the Yankees were doing. Is it is it the coach? Yes, there's rumors it that is. he's there's rumors that he's staying and Cashman. Yes, it's both of them, and they need to go, and they just do. And I know that they made it to ALCS, and I know like whatever, whatever. But they've been there forever. Even if you're going to get like a real uh, just bag of crap for the next five years with a new owner or with a new uh, manager and new GM, I just think you need to try something different, just for the sake of it all. You know, thinking about Major League Baseball just in general, what do you care about? Uh, the mascots okay. and the Yankees failing, and also. I don't know where I stand on the Astros, but I just need to, because I feel like we're still supposed to hate them. And I'm a little resentful that they didn't get the parade of hate that they were due because of the COVID season. And I am seeing some Astros fans being a little triumphant, being a little overeager with their superiority complex. So I just, I want some clarity, but those are the only things I think of. What do you think of? Um, That list is almost exactly mine. Blooper is hilarious on Twitter and in real life. Yes. Uh, the Yankees losing is very rewarding, especially in the fashion that they they that they did. And then the biggest other thing is I just want the Astros to go away. I'm excited for this Phillies thing. I don't know if I like or don't like Bryce Harper. I am very, very hot and cold with him. Yeah. I don't know where I'm at, but I love Schwarber, and he's just a fun guy that's been all around town, it seems like. But the Astros just go away, like get banned for a season or something. I just want, I just want to refresh on that entire thing. Just like you're saying, I just, I just need them not in the world series. So, because here's the problem, like you're saying, there, there's been no resolution overall. So yeah. now I'm a freaking Phillies fan. That's not fun. I don't even know what I think about the Phillies. I don't even know if I like them. I like their vibe. I love the Philly fanatic. I wrote about that this week. Just the Philly fanatic's vibe is just like, it's it's not just like goofy mascot. It's also like transcendent in some spots. It's an intentional really goofy mascot. I think that's great. I, I can't answer the Bryce Harper question for you because I'm on my own journey. I'm on my Bryce Harper deconstruction journey. And I just want to – I don't want to like uh, tear it down completely, but I just want to understand what I feel about Bryce Harper. I, 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 I think I have a solution for the Astros. I think this will fix everything. It's going to get a little – it's going to get a little grisly, but I do feel like we will reach a common, like a separate piece with it. I think we need a human sacrifice in the form of Jose Altuve. Yes. I think yes. once he's gone, then I'll be like, I don't even know this team anymore. Does they, who, who's the pitchers? What is, is there? I don't know. What's the shortstop? I won't recognize the former Astros, but while he's still there, then it's the old Astros. So I think we just got to, we got to kill him, not kill him, but like sacrifice him. That's an elegant, allegedly. <laughs> a purposeful kill. I don't know if allegedly you know I mean? fix that one, but no, it yeah. doesn't. It, it's, it's a pre-crime at this point. So it doesn't help. But yeah, I think that's he exactly would be willing correct. to do that as well. I want Altuve to go to the Royals. I think that the, the colors will look terrible on him. Yeah. I think that we never even hear about the Royals. I we think don't. that just, we just need the Astros to not be Roger Clemens later years yeah. and, to, and to not be Jose Altuve. And then they can just reset and do whatever the freak they got to do. But I, I like, it's making me uncomfortable that I am a fan of the Phillies because I want the Astros to lose, not a fan yeah. of the Phillies in general. And I'm a fan of the Eagles because I want to win some bets. This yes. is very, this is confusing times in sports fandom for me. It really is. It really is. Well, um, okay. I, I think that's a, that's a good starting point. But let's uh, before we get into the main episode, I just want to check in with you because you've uh, you know you've been a little busier lately. You were out of town last week. Do you want to catch the people up on like how life is right now? 
life is is good. Life's a little busy. I will say that all all in a good way. Nothing um nothing negative at all. We were at Disney last week and I need to win some bets. Like I can't like this is this is the scary part of betting is when you just spent all of your money with your family that was you know portioned money appropriately for that vacation everything's good but i'm just saying i'd like to i'd like to pay some of that back sooner you know sure. what i mean i'd, I'd like yeah. to recoup some of that so then i just keep betting on the nfl so is that what we're no, really doing here is that is that what the check-in is this is intervention part two why are you <laughs> listen i dabbled I, I i'll come clean you know i'll come clean this is a confessional i dabbled monday night i was like hey pat's bears this is obvious pat's gonna kill him um this is gonna be great and I so I did like a like a three leg parlay. Literally every leg lost. Like not even one got it. And <laughs> that I wasn't game was even close. Crazy. It was weird. It was such a weird game. I I, I do want to you know almost put this in the uh, the over under section, but I wanted to check in. Like so, are you overreacting about the family Disney trip? Uh, underreacting to it, and then additionally over under one and a half years till you would return back over with the family. over. Let me answer the second part first. Can I do four. Okay, four and a half years. Uh, hopefully under, I think four is the, the plan right now. Okay. Okay. Disney 20, trips. Are, it's like Olympics and Disney trips. It four years is a good number. You know, uh, listen, this is not healthy, but I'm going to, I'm just going to, since this is an intervention and yep. we kind of moved on from the NFL gambling and that's okay. We can get back to it. I did over three times my normal, almost four times my normal steps average per week. Yeah. At Disney. I mean, that says a lot about my normal life, but also Disney was just, it was fun. It was awesome. It was exhausting in the best way. I was not at a computer all week, up doing stuff, very fun. It it was just Roan and his wife, Cindy, were our chaperones, and they showed us all of the great stuff in all of the greatest ways. Um, So, you know, there there was just absolutely a great time, but geez, oh, Pete's, if it wasn't exhausting. I mean, yeah, listen, that is, that's the vibe with, with Disney trips is you go, go, go. And then you collapse in bed. Uh, and then like you do it all over again. The, the buzz that I've heard as a, this is a big, big dad moment on, uh, over action, uh, over underachievers. Um, uh, I've heard the new fast pass situation is very cumbersome and it forces you to be on your phone the whole time, which I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that. Their, their technology is incredible. And, uh, the people we went with that I just mentioned, took care of almost all of that for us and wow freaking experts okay. so shout out to them wholeheartedly it was a incredible experience for us this was our the, the twins first time for the record so they have they're eight they have not never gone before and i haven't gone i think i went to one park when i was like 18 yeah so that was 20 plus years ago allegedly so this is uh this is this was disney done right and uh, yeah, we're probably not going to be going for another four years. Okay, so listen, I uh, I'm happy for you. That is uh, its own standalone statement, different statement. I'm. It also is like when people have like when someone has a, a baby, and they're like, yeah, the the baby sleeps all night. The baby never wakes up. It's a newborn and it never wakes up. It's like that's so cool for you, but I'm also all of, uh, I'm very annoyed by what you're saying. <laughs> I'm very annoyed because that's never been my experience, you know. But I am I happy for you. So I understand. Out. And we got on the rise. We got on Guardians. We did droids. Both the kids got droids. Uh, we did lightsabers. I love Star Wars Land. There's an on the Disney Play app. This is going like way too far into dad lights. But on the it's Disney okay. Play, We're here. Might as well, on the Disney might as well Play spread app, out a little which bit. is a separate app from the regular yeah. Disney uh, app, you can like scan QR codes in Star Wars Land. You can do missions. 
there's just it, there's so much to do. It was very, very, very fun, and I enjoyed using the technology while we were on the trip. Did you guys do the Avatar ride? Yes, that freaking ride is unbelievable. The VR did, one, right? I did uh, 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, um, we call those experiences, not roller coasters. Uh, no, so, I, I, I didn't do that. So don't even put that on me. I 100% didn't do that. Listen, we, Ro and I were in line. We had a fast pass for the Yeti, whatever, the Yeti, whatever ride, you know, and or uh, we, so we were in line. We had been in line Everest? for two and a half hours. Yes, yeah. yes. We've been in line for two and a half hours. And uh, we had a fast pass coming up for the Avatar ride. And I was like, I'm not going to stay here for two more hours and miss the Avatar ride. So we dipped and left the girls to, to make that ride because that's my favorite ride in the whole park. I got a headache from it. I'm not a roller coaster person. Turns out the kids are now roller coaster people. Let Good. me just say this. The first thing we did after we flew in Monday morning, we went to Epcot and we went straight to Guardians of the Galaxy on a fast pass. And the Guardians of the Galaxy is a brand new ride in Epcot. Yeah. And it was the first ride that the kids have ever done. And my daughter came off crying and my Great. and my and my son came off with just an absolute stunned face, then didn't enjoy it. But by the end of the week, it was his favorite ride. Just remembering wow. back on it. Okay. Wow. So like they both fell from innocence during that ride. Yes. Like it was over for them. That's it incredible. was not the one to start with. Let's just put it that way. But it was also definitely the one to start with. So it was very, it was a very fun trip. I'm doing very well. NFL gambling is going better. I think I only, I think stop. I up. stop. Don't do that. No, it's no. called on rationalization. Sunday, no, on Sunday I had nothing to do. And I purposely planned a very lazy day after getting back on Saturday from Disney without my wife who went to a work conference in LA. She hasn't been home in, I don't even know how long. Good for her. Uh, so That's good planning. Blessings. That's just smart. Blessings to her. Um, but yeah, I did a lot of gambling on Sunday and I think I was one unit up at the end of the day. So interesting. World's interesting. even, world's even this gambler. Here we are. Um, so the, uh, my advice is always Epcot is the place to go at night because they have the best drinks. So, and they have fireworks. And when you're drinking at Disney world and you're watching fireworks, that's a transcendent experience. Um, and then also, I like how you only drink at night on vacation. We do, we do vacation differently, I guess. Yeah, I wish I could. I just, it's so cost prohibitive. <laughs> I and know, it's not very available. Uh, the biggest fights Ash and I ever got into in our lives are at Disney world because I, I'm a speed walker. I'm flying. Okay. I'm not waiting around. I'm not drifting. I'm on a mission. Uh, it's like my battlefield. Um, she likes a more easygoing. She likes like, you know, let's wake up when we wake up. She's just an artistic persona and an artistic heart. So she's like, when I get to the magic kingdom, you know what I really want to do? I want to walk around with the PSL. I want to have that pumpkin spice latte. So we will get into the magic kingdom and you know, already pretty late for, for Disney goers. And then she will spend 45 minutes in line at the Starbucks. And that's the biggest fight we ever got in, in, in our marriage is because I was like, this is unreasonable. This is unreasonable. <laughs> you can't act like this at the park. Why would you do this to us? So, so the, you know, we got the, over the, it. The people we were with are asking, kept asking me why I was walking ahead of everybody the entire time. Yeah. I said, if you walk at their pace, you'll never get anything done. No, you have to lead from the front when walking. Cause we're just walking to stand in another line. Yeah, so exactly. let's walk to that line as fast as we can. And I'm not running or jogging or anything, but you got to play Frogger. You are Froggering in and out of people yeah. and you are making this happen because people are on their phones all the time. Obviously, we know. And then they're slowing down and then they're no. stopping in the middle of in the middle of a walkway. Just a group, a family of 10 just stops. You got to go around. You don't just wait for them to carry on about their mission. You go around. 100%. That's the, I, I get in bullet time. 
I get like I can see moves uh, ten feet like ahead of when they're happening. It's the it's it's my most athletic um, uh, moment is when we're at Disney World and I'm navigating through the crowds. It's uh, honestly it's art. People have told me that before. Like, I hey, you're like an artist out there. I stopped holding my kids' hands and I just told told them to hold onto the back of my shirt. Oh, we're going. Okay. Like I can't yeah, I have it out to that. the side, and I'm not going like, to hold my arm behind me. Like I'm going. If you're coming with me, hold on to my shirt. That's why I, I said this is a metaphor for life. Now you have to keep up, and if you can't, <laughs> that's survival of the fittest, my guy. That's correct. So that's, correct. that's Darwinian, you know. So we're learning and like we're evolving as people. So I think it's I think it's good. Um, well, let's get let's get into these this, overreactions. This sponsor, <laughs> this segment was sponsored by Disney. Not not sponsored by Disney. <laughs> not sponsored by Disney. Absolutely not. We can make. I I could use them as a fake sponsor though. We could do that. Um, I wanted to ask you about: Are you overreacting or underreacting to this? Um, I don't know this very flaccid PGA LIV golf tour feud that I feel like they're trying to make into a thing, but I don't know that it's going to be a thing. Where, where are you? Where are you landing on it? I can't be clear. It is a thing, and I am overreacting to how good competition is for almost anything in yes. the market, et cetera, et cetera. So the fact that Live even existed made the PGA act very quickly. And make a bunch of big changes that I hope are good. They've got elevated events. Tiger and Rory are doing some indoor competition, which I'm actually very excited about. You know, there's different partnerships and sponsorships and all this stuff going on, right? Yeah. I am now at the point of where the intention of your question actually begins, which is the level of drama and just seemingly pettiness for an individual sport seems kind of weird like i wish both groups would just stop talking about the other group like i feel like rory mcelroy is taking this so personally like he is so he's getting caught in the middle big time because tiger just is just not talking about it and i think rory's being a reasonable person and like hey this is going on so i think that he's kind of because he at the very beginning he was very against it and now he's kind of like i understand why it happened i don't like it and i wish everybody would just get along so I'm not mad at Rory specifically, but yeah, every other week we have a new Rory. He also became number one again on the CJ Cup. So he got asked these questions at a time when he was at the top of the golf game again, right? So uh, as, as far as PGA, you don't hear anybody that went to live complaining or really talking about it. You know why? Because they're just collecting giant, giant checks yep. that they're not really earning, but it's not their fault. And they're just going back to their house and cashing those checks. That's right. So this they're is just, they're too busy coming up with shell companies on offshore accounts to like put all this money that they have. I, Rory, at this point, feels like Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight, you know, where he's just so mad and he's like, people need to pay for this. And everyone's just like, hey, man, relax. Like the PGA doesn't even really care about you. Here's, But I'm glad you brought this up because I think where we're at right now is I don't know if this was – you know, I, I don't want to invite conspiracy knocks in because he's not here yet. But if I invite did, invite him. Invite him. Okay, hey, come on in. All right, okay. This is conspiracy knocks. What I believe this to be is the PGA. You called it live. I'm spelling it L I V. I feel like that's just. I'm declaring that. I'm just going to do that. I don't know if that's correct, but I'm going to call L I V because live just feels weird to me. It feels like live strong, and I feel like it that is L I V for the record. It stands for fifty four. Is that okay? But that's again, what a terrible name. Oh my gosh, like what a terrible. Because <laughs> they only play. They only play three rounds. They play fifty four holes. It just, I just hate that so much more the more you explain it. They get paid more to play less. See, I think they are in cahoots. I think the PGA was like, hey, we should do this. I think this is like NWO in pro wrestling. um, I love Back in the day. I love this. So I think the problem is it's just, 
it's flagging a little bit, like our interest and the feuds aren't as vivid and there's not the natural element of physical altercation baked into the sport like there was with wrestling. So what I think is there needs to be a physical altercation. I think Rory needs to get jumped by Bryson and Sergio Garcia outside a national car rental place because that's a sponsor of PGA, right? And like that needs to escalate things of like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then like in a tee box, there needs to be a shoving match. That's what's going to take this thing to the next level. That's probably what's going to start happening at live events because they're basically just giant parties. Yeah. And everybody's getting paychecks and having fun and it's all well and good. But the golf doesn't seem to be incredible. So maybe that will happen over on that NWO side of live. And I don't think that's going to be making its way to the PGA. Well, and I would like to say, uh, LIV, what I would recommend to you is stop. uh, Tell YouTube, I will pay you whatever you got to get to not show how many people are watching this. Because when they're showing one of their tournaments and there's like 412 people watching, that's not a good look for anybody. (laughs) I don't know how real that number is, but you can't allow that to happen. You just got to be like, yeah, there's tons of people watch. It's like Amazon football. We're watching. Don't worry about it. Well, Amazon's going downhill, but that's also because the games have gotten re- repeatedly worse and worse Just and big worse. Old dookie burgers. <laughs> I mean, big old Dookie burgers. Big old Dookie burgers. Poor Amazon. But um, did you see the meme, whatever, the, the screenshots of Live Golf had less current viewers than the Lettuce did with wow. the UK situation? I don't know what all that's about, but there was a piece of a head of Lettuce that there was just a stream about. Okay. Okay. Well, luckily, when you listen to our episode this week, yep. we had an expert on. She explains it because I didn't understand it either. I, that's literally what I said. I was like, I know it's UK. I know there's lettuce. Tell me what this is. Um, but that doesn't surprise me. That Because I just don't think people go on YouTube to be like, I'm going to watch some sick golf. You know, I want to do that. And, and when the Live Tour has not even been p- picked up by Peacock, you know that it's bad. When, when these events can't even make their way onto Discovery Plus or Peacock or whatever other plus thing is out there when apple doesn't even want to pay a dollar 50 just to have golf when they have mls and baseball and they don't want this other exciting golf tour allegedly exciting then you know that it's just a bad product hey and apple i'm just i'm, I'm gonna need you to do something really quick i'm gonna need you to not be like we have to raise our streamer subscription price one dollar because we got to pay for all this ding dang baseball you and i both know good and well, that you have more money than God stored away somewhere, and you're going to continue to have more money than God because you always, you're changing the cords and the chargers and the phone cases. So I'm always going to have to buy like 3X of what I should and have to because of you. So don't tell me that you got to raise a streamer for baseball. It's ridiculous. They're all, they're all raising it, and they're all going to come up with whatever they're going to come up with. All the prices are going You know up. what? I, th- here, this might be spicy, but I would, I would respect this more. If they were like, we're going to raise the price a dollar, because we are greedy MFers and we are just going to do it and you're going to pay for it. I'd be like, thank you. Thank you for being honest. I will gladly pay that dollar now. I respect you for that. Uh, you have YouTube TV as well. And whenever I get those emails like, hey, we just couldn't come to an agreement mm. and we're not going to lower our price either. So yeah. this is YouTube TV. You're yeah. losing ESPN and we're not going to lower our price. Thank you. It's, it's like dear subscriber, comma. We would love to come to an agreement, but we can't. So here is us grabbing our virtual ball sack and saying, you're going to have to deal with it. And that's basically the tone and the voice of their emails. And, and then I just keep what? paying them. I keep paying it. I 100% keep paying for it. I love it. I love it so much. Um, let me ask you uh, something I don't love as much is the performance of Tom Brady. We've covered that a little bit, so we won't like go. Uh, we won't uh, beat a dead horse. But it's unique because the performances of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are so uniquely bad and they're so um, heroically frustrating 
because of how bad they are. Um, what is your general sense of the Brady Rogers struggles? And by the end of the year, when we look back, who do you think will uh, be able to pull out of the struggle and who will, uh, I don't know, um, uh, fall victim to it or will both pull out or will both uh, fall victim to it? I've got a smooch, Mary kill for you. Okay. I want you to add Russell Wilson to this oh. list of Brady and Rogers. And I want you to smooch, Mary kill Brady Wilson and Rogers on the field by the end of the year. God, this is maybe the most difficult, difficult smooch Mary kill I've ever had because it's kill Russell. That's easy. Right. <laughs> Which makes him the worst of the worst. It's the worst of the worst. And like, I can't imagine thoughts and prayers for Denver Broncos fans because that it's not getting better. It's not getting it's, better. It's going to be bad for a while for y'all. Um, and your coach is a bozo. Like he's like Mr. Magoo 2.0. So that's a whole problem, but I'm not here to deal with that. The question is, it comes down to, I think Aaron Rodgers is in a little better football shape, but his weapons are trash. I think Tom Brady's all over the map emotionally, physically, um, but he has better weapons. So I, I, I don't know. I would, if I had to bet, I would bet on Brady not out of subjectivity, just because I feel like he can find it and the weapons are there. But with Rodgers, I just, that team's trash. That team's really, really trash. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the idea that the Packers lost at home to the Jets is not a good look. But do you want to know what is even a worse look? What? The Bucks losing to the Steelers and then the Panthers who fired their coach and traded most of their best players and were on their third string quarterback and the Bucs didn't score an offensive touchdown. Look, it's not good. I, I, the The way I would spin it is, you know, it was a nobody believes in us game for the Panthers. Like everyone's that was two weeks out. ago. Yeah, but like this was double that because of the <laughs> of the Bucks. Um, we traded Christian McCaffrey. He's such a big deal, even though we don't know him because he's never here because he's always injured. <laughs> um, but uh, look. It's not good. It's it's really not good. But they're still in first place. That's the crazy part of it all. And it's that's how bad that division is with the Saints being dog trash, the Panthers being terrible, the Falcons actually being pretty decent. I think we misplaced our odds because I think we put bets on the Saints, Saints to potentially win the South. But I think it was the Falcons all along, which I never would have thought. No, no, so, no. We, we didn't. I mean, yeah, we misplaced, obviously, with hindsight. But nobody saw this Falcons thing coming. I mean, obviously, they've uh, from the gambling perspective, they're they're. Uh, against the spread has been incredible and the record has been okay but i can't tell if they're good or if they're just playing bad teams kind of like what happened with old miss and then coming up against lsu uh but the i think Fal- they're good the i think they're like weird they're definitely feisty but they're weird they're giants light because i think the yeah. giants are so good because they are completely playing with the tools they have Yep. And like really planning around it. I think the Falcons are doing the same thing. I didn't think Arthur Smith was a good coach. I didn't think they had a good roster. So I was completely wrong. But I think they're making the most out of it. Whereas you'll get some teams and it's just like, here's what we do, even though we're not equipped to run this. So I think. Uh, it, well, you've got the Colts kind of admitting what Arthur Smith already knew, mm-hmm. which is I've got to switch from a uh, non-mobile no longer, man, geez, Brady, Rogers, Wilson, Matt Ryan. Uh, I don't know what Smooch Mary Kale fourth letter is, but you know, which one's your ex spouse, maybe? Like, sure. Which one you Dis- don't want to deal Smooch with? Smooch Mary as- Kill dismember. <laughs> Smooch Mary Kill has kids with, has kids with, right? But is your ex. Um, but Matt Ryan, it's sad. Sam Ellinger, we'll see. But Arthur Smith, 
it was it him or was it Matt Ryan? I'm not willing to blame everything on Matt Ryan. I don't know why. I just have like compassion or sympathy for Matt Ryan. I don't know why I do, but you know why? I I'll do. tell you exactly why. It's a psychological thing because he looks like a guy who um, always has his shirt tucked in. His clothes are always ironed. Firm handshake, not too firm. Not like this is. I'm trying to like shame you with your masculinity. Like I'm I'm trying to dominate you. Um, looks you in the eye, sends you a thank you note. Like for like for a cool thing, not all the time though. It's where it's annoying, you know. It's just a very classy guy. That's why you don't want to dump on him, even though I guess he's done. Oh, he's got to be done. You know who was like that, but just didn't have the fall off the cliff like this was Warren Moon to me. Like never mm. really did anything big, but would put up stats and just you know kept together. Just seemed like a great hang or whatever. But man, oh man. Matt Ryan is just done. And apparently Arthur Smith with a quarterback that can move a little bit and a bad offensive line. And the Colts don't really have a bad offensive line is the other thing. But I guess they do. It's yes, just, it's just the numbers so... suggest that they do, but uh, it doesn't seem like they should, which right. is the confusing part. Well, I maybe it's just something... Quentin Nelson, right? Because like that guy's just a beast. So He might be enough, but evidently not. I think, I think you're on to something with these quarterbacks, though. They get the benefit of the doubt, like Warren Moon, because I was thinking about Warren Moon, and I feel like there's a group of quarterbacks where they they get like two extra years just because they look like the kind of guys who you know when they show like the meeting of the joint chaff, uh, joint chiefs of staff with the president and like you see everybody around the table if your quarterback could fit at that table and it wouldn't like pop out to you you would be like wait 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 who's that I think they get two more years and I think like Warren Moon I could mistake him as like running the defense or you know, like being the solicitor general or being a quarterback. I could completely understand that. Whereas somebody like Jake Delhomme, I'd be like, wait, 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 who's that guy? What's going on here? Yeah. Why is he here? <laughs> Jake Delhomme doesn't fit and neither does Cam Newton. Cam Newton didn't get two more years and neither did no. Jake Delhomme because Cam Newton, Jake Delhomme sitting there is like, okay, that doesn't fit. That's obviously. Yeah. Or like Baker Jake, Mayfield. Jake Plummer. Like, wait, wait, wait. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't, <laughs> none of these guys fit. And then Cam sitting there is like, who's the monster athlete over there who is yeah. very good looking and is just a huge human being? Like yeah. that also doesn't fit, right? I don't know why Cam Newton didn't have a second life as a tight end, like a like a motion tight end. That would have been fun. I don't Let's know if he do was that. into it, but it would have been fun. It would have been fun to watch. Would you say it's more likely one of the two Brady Rogers make the playoffs or both miss the playoffs? It's more likely that at least Rogers makes the playoff because oh, you, think, that, you think Rogers will make the playoffs. The division's bad. It's just the Vikings and and they seem gettable. They seem good, but they seem gettable. But you're telling me Rogers and uh, Lafleur can't roll off enough to be like the last wild card team i can see it happening i don't i don't think they will i think they're more likely to miss than uh the bucks i am interested to see them against the bills because i feel like the bills could be this could be you know there's always like that one run like a team's run where they just get uh laid to waste and it's officially an echo of a memory i feel like josh allen could do that to the packers he'd yeah. be like remember when i dropped 50 on them and that was the end of the Aaron Rodgers era. I would love to see that, actually. I think that would be very fun. Who do you um, think is going to be? I think Brady makes it. J not because they're good. Just because uh, the NFC sucks. That division sucks. And there's just a decent amount of talent on the defense and wide receivers. Uh, I think they've got to win that division to make it happen. I think Rodgers could get in as a wild card. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not betting on either of those things, for the record. I don't know, though, man. Like The Lions and the Bears could be frisky. You know, well, The Lions are. The Bears were at least on Monday night, which was just the weirdest game I've ever watched. The Bears looked incredible, but was it just the Patriots looking terrible? It was so confusing because the Patriots freaking beat the Lions, which was the highest scoring offense in the league and still might be 40 to zero. 
it wasn't even like it was out of hand immediately. Immediately. And for them to get run over by the Bears, which I would just like to say, NFL, you know, I know you got some officials who are uh, not asking for ga- uh, post game autographs. They're totally just like asking for a phone number, not an autograph, even though we have, you know, video proof that seems like it's an autograph. I would like to say, if otherwise, he's got a four digit phone number. <laughs> you don't know. You know, maybe he was like, it's a two, four, three, but I forgot the last four. I'll get it to you after the game. Um, I think uh, NFL officials, if you have a quarterback who can run, um, when they get sandwiched and smashed, you can still call rough in the passer. I know. Uh, because I watched just, I didn't watch a ton of that game. Uh, but every time I did, I feel like Justin Fields was getting like, uh, th- there's a game my kids play called Go Simulator. It's basically just like a goat wreaking havoc on the environment. And you can throw this goat against a wall, against a car, in a fire, and it doesn't get damaged. It feels like that's what the Patriots are doing for Justin, to Justin Fields, just flinging him around. And there was no flag to be seen. No flag to be seen. And Justin Fields is the new Cam Newton in that regard. Cam Newton yeah. used to just get obliterated. And I, I was on Cam Newton's side. I did not understand why some of those weren't penalties. In the Broncos and, Super Bowl, somebody should have gone to jail for what they were doing to take yes. Cam Newton. But they didn't yes. get a flag. And, and Justin Fields is the same way for the last two weeks. Who did uh, the Bears lose to at the last minute uh, two weeks ago? I can't remember now, but uh, Justin Fields was just like on the ground. And I think it was after that giant like uh, Hail Mary play. Yeah. Which the the Packers one was actually pretty fun. It got pretty close. But um, Justin Fields, he's just – I don't know what it is, but they just pick a quarterback each season and like you're not getting the calls. Yeah. They're doing the pro wrestling thing where the ref doesn't see the iron chair into the into the ring where someone gets hit with it. He's like, oh, what? I didn't see it. Sorry about that. Um, okay, last overreaction, underreaction. I just wanted to check in with you because it feels like the DJU era is over. And I feel like it's over before you really like hit your stride with pronouncing his last name. So like, are you okay? Are you good with this? DJ Uyongalele. Got it. It rolls off your tongue so well. Do you know who's the last name I can't say anymore? I have like a, a mental block in my mind to us. Oh, I, I don't think I've ever tried it. I just I, it's I used to be able to fine. say it just just fine. And now all I ever say is Tua. Yeah. And I cannot say his last name anymore. That's like an actual mental block. It's crazy. See, you're trying to bait me into trying to say it, even though I know I can't say it. So I'm Can not you say it? Let's hear it. Hundred percent can't say it. Hundred percent can't say it. Never could, never tried. It was just thankfully it was always Tua. So it's like boom, this is great. But DJ, when you say DJ, it's like, are you talking about the golfer? Are you talking about some no, other DJ, I don't, we don't know talk about. about the golfer because he's on live now, so we don't talk about him anymore. Are you talking about Derek Jeter? Like, who are you talking about? You have to clarify that last name, but like Clemson, I here's the thing I still think he's a good quarterback. I just think he's broken at Clemson and it's not going to work at Clemson. Right guy, wrong fit. Does he get drafted? That's my question. <sighs> uh, eligibility wise, he he can I, what I would say is transfer, get out of there, go somewhere else, go air raid, and just like light it up and then submit to the draft. That could work. Is it going to be in Oklahoma next year then? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. They're going to need somebody, but it just feels it feels wrong there. And I feel like Clemson's not that good, but they could be a little bit higher uh, profile if they just had a competent quarterback, which maybe they have now, maybe they don't. But I don't think he's an to un- incompetent quarterback. Though. I think No, I don't think he is. I think he is he's there. Just, he's just not weird, working there. It's just a weird fit. Yeah. I don't think they know how to use him. I think he lost his confidence. It's just – I don't love it, man. I don't love it. And I think they – because they have uh, – they have your Golden Domers coming up, don't they? Yes, they do. And that's going to be an interesting matchup. I need a win. I've got. I don't. I, I can't even remember how many bets I have against Andre right now. Yeah. But it's like over two and a half of the four games, and then over seven and a half wins for the season for Notre yeah. Dame. So and checks uh, notes. It's not looking good so far. <laughs> 
we'll see. We'll see, next man. Year, we got a lot of good year, college I'm football. Very excited up. for Notre Dame in 2023. I've said that. I, I, I have said that since game two. Hope Spring is eternal. It's going to be fine. As long as you get a quarterback and a good coach and some good players, you'll be fine. But you have to have those three things. Um, maybe, I don't know if it's next week. Maybe we can get Andre on and we can preview the Tennessee-Georgia game because I really want to do a temperature check on what he's feeling, what he's thinking. Uh, but a lot of good college football coming up. But we'll, what, we'll, what are you feeling about Tennessee? Um, because we, we slammed you pretty hard. And mm-hmm. I know Andre's favorite team in the SEC is Tennessee because that's the team that he talks about the most. Sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's a closeted so, Tennessee fan, right? So I'm all in. I am all freaking in. I love Hendon Hooker so freaking much. I don't know if I love Josh Heupel so freaking much. Yeah. But that team, take away the university and the colors, and that is the most fun offense to watch of NFL or college. Uh, look, it, the benefit of not uh, – of of being a beacon of objectivity is – I don't have to like make sense of Notre Dame when their quarterback sucks and they are not fun to watch. I don't have to do that. So I can just give myself over to, I it's not that I like I'm rooting for Tennessee. They're just extremely entertaining. They're like a very fast forced fire. Just I, I, I got to jump people. in here, man. You're not hmm. the beacon of objectivity. Okay. And your crap about not picking any teams to like, so that you can't get fodder against you. My buddy, my buddy now does this as well. Okay. He's like, I've got no teams that I like, so you can't come at me. Oh, see, I'm not. I don't worry about people coming at me because, like, I, you know, I can. What chop it is up it like? Team anybody. superiority or like moral? What do you? No, call it's just it? It, it's just a general. I'm just agnostic. I'm just agnostic. Oh, yeah. with agnostic teams. superiority. Yeah, I just it, it's not. I don't do it so people because I'm not scared of people. Like, look, I can I can figure out dirt on everybody. I remember a Texas <laughs> fan came to me during the uh, who was the guy before Sark, and I was like, look, your guy was getting Herman. hand jobs in, in like a like a uh, by a masseuse. Okay, it's like, what are we really talking about here? Do we want to do this or do we not want to do this? You know, so that doesn't bother me. It's really just I like. I like uh, I like the freedom to drift with the wind. Is Tennessee a little interesting? Yeah, let's do that. Was Ole Miss interesting last year? Yeah, let's do that. I just like to go with the wind, baby. I don't want to be I don't want to be held down. You know, I'm a ve- I'm, I'm I'm monogamous, and I love my marriage, and that's never going to change. But I am a swinger when it comes to sports, baby. <laughs> you can get I will I will open. Are we marriage. changing the name of our podcast? <laughs> I will see any attention, any action anywhere. I do not care. It's about interest and storylines. Is our logo going to be an upside down pineapple being thrown by Josh Allen or something? <laughs> if if there's ever a quarterback who's going to be involved, like uh, invited to be in an open marriage, it's going to be Josh Allen. You know, it's going to be like a very wealthy Buffalo fan who's like, Josh Allen, would you like to sleep with my wife? And I'm fine oh, with it. Man. It would be okay. So I, I, I'm intensely, look, the I just really enjoy watching this Tennessee team play because they're very entertaining i like they, the pace. they just are like the anybody tempo. that says that they're not entertaining you can hate tennessee i i definitely get it i didn't i moved to tennessee i didn't like seeing all that orange all the time knoxville i'm not giving any kudos to knoxville but that team is freaking fun to watch play football yeah it's uh and, and i think Hennon hooker is a big part of it and um i know he's an older quarterback but i don't know how this isn't raising his draft stock i would be stunned if he's not in the heisman finalist or uh, final three or whatever i just um this georgia game is gonna be fascinating but we can talk more about that with andre uh next week um but let's go to the over-unders here and i wanted to talk to you about uh the first one i alluded to it a little bit i guess in the in last week's uh solo uh episode but uh jimbo fisher a little bit under fire, especially now so that he's lost to South Carolina. Um, you've got all the Kevin Sumlin comps 
they're even worse now. You've everyone's talking about the buyout number, which is the exact contract. So it's terrible. Um, all that said, though, even though that buyout number is massive, it doesn't feel like he is going to be long for this world. Not in in the sense of like the immediacy of being fired right now, but just this doesn't seem like something where we look back in eight years and we're like, that was a weird time, wasn't it? So I wanted to ask you. Um, Do you mean the world of Texas A&M or are you saying he's going to die? Uh, no, I've, I have no medical info. My sources <laughs> are not giving me any medical info. Um, I just think about coaching in College Station. That's what I'm talking about right now. Yeah. Um, so how long will he last in College Station? I'm going to put out one and a half years. You take the over or the under. I'm taking the over. I don't know what else they do. There's okay, not- if I put it at two and a half, would you take the over? Over. So you just think they're going to be like, we're contract? stuck with you. Another four or five years? I think it's eight. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I will I will confirm that. But I think oh, yeah, he just signed otherwise, an extension it, last year. It was like 85 right? million, right? Yeah, because I think he was uh, – the, the guy who uh, signed him, Scott Woodward, was the – athletic director at college uh, at, at Texas A&M. He then left and went to LSU. And the idea was now that he's at LSU and the Orgeron's out, he might come after Jimbo Fisher. So Jim, Jimbo Fisher got uh, a raise and extension and they went, ended up going with Brian Kelly. So I want to say it's eight or nine years, at least I will look as we talk, but I mean the, you know, if he went in the next year or two, it's anywhere from 75 to $85 million to pay that thing out. Um, you do have the opportunity to look for, um, you know, recruiting violations that would allow you to get out of that contract free. I don't think they'll be able to do that because they did just resign to an extension. But well, what about players smoking weed in the locker room? Is that good enough? That is, I mean, unless he's allegedly if he is dealing the weed, that is not good. I, I will say that, but they can't get him uh, for that probably by bad choices by them. But it's it's getting you're, what you're alluding to is the the uh, I guess the members of the Ballyhood um, most recent recruiting class who. There's been some tumult there, and I think it feels like we're just at a critical mass with lack of production. Because um, even like even last year with Tennessee, um, even though they you know they didn't set the world on fire, it felt good to watch. They put up points. They made you feel good about being a fan and being like, well, this could turn into something. Watching Texas and football doesn't make you feel good about anything. There's not anything to hang your hat on defensively, offensively. You have a lot of players, but nobody's doing anything. The coaching doesn't feel particularly inspired. So I just understand the world of college football. I don't know how it can last longer than one and a half years. I really don't. That's just too much money, man. I mean, that school has unlimited amounts of money. I get that. They have a big stadium. They have a loud stadium. They have the Johnny Manziel beating Alabama. Other than that, what is Texas A&M? football and i don't mean to like completely besmirch it but as an objective like i don't know much about texas a&m football for all of history here's what i know johnny manzel manzel beat uh, alabama and got drafted in the first round kellen mund was definitely going to be a good pro quarterback or backup okay those are the things i know for a fact he was going to be one whatever happened is not kellen mund's fault and has nothing (laughs) to do with takes i may have had in the past other than that i don't know who they're gonna get after paying jimbo fisher let's say in a year 75 65 million dollars and then who are they gonna bring in that is gonna take a team that has never been in the top elite tier and get them up there I, i just don't see it well, it's Texas A&M. They're going to be in the SEC. You've got, you know, they do have a pretty rich history in Texas, especially with R.C. Slocum. Like, there's there's a heritage there. Um, but I think you're right. Like, so if he got fired right now, it would be $86 million. 
if it was next year, it'd be 77 million and 2024 would be 67, 68 ish million. So that is, that's prohibitive, but I don't think it's prohibitive enough for a group of wealthy donors to be like, let's, let's figure out how to get around this. That's you know? a lot, man. That's a lot. Like you can't wait <laughs> two weeks for Scott Frost to go from like, what was it like 17 to 12 or something or yeah. 15 to eight? Like you couldn't even wait for that, but that's $15 million. Now multiply that by four or five. I don't know, man. That's See, I think a- that, that impatience you're talking about is part of what is part of the issue is there's going to be an impatient driving a bad decision, even though I just don't think they'll be like, man, it sucks that we're going to have to sit with this guy for six more years and be terrible and mired in mediocrity, but that's just what we got to do. Would you feel worse if you were a Michigan State fan with Mel Tucker's massive contract? And they're very middling product on the field right now, or Jimbo Fisher? No, there's hope. Jimbo Fisher, for sure. There's hope. There's hope that Mel turns it around or whatever. Jimbo's been there for several years and has this giant contract. Like, those are two bad things, right? Mel is in what? Year two, I yeah, believe? Yeah, year two. Um, so at least there's maybe. And then you can also just, like, in your mind, rationalize, well, you know, Michigan's really good right now. So we'll get a cycle of that and we'll be back up. And Mel's good. I, I don't really believe in that for Mel Tucker and everything Michigan State. I'm just saying that I definitely feel worse about Jimbo Fisher, but that's just even for donors, even for rich Texas A&M donors, that's just too much freaking money, man. I just don't see it. I get that this happens all the time, and somehow Auburn has more money to burn than any freaking university on the planet. And if they have money to burn, Texas A&M probably has twice as much money to burn. Sure. That is so much money. Okay, so what if we said three and a half years? Would you be willing to do a stake bet over three and a half years? I take the under, you take the over? No, because it's just, they will find a way to pay that money. They will 100% find a way to get this guy out of here if he cannot. I know, you're right. I mean, I, I get it. I'm not like... My my argument is that is so much freaking money. My argument is not they won't be able to find it. Okay, so uh, so I'm just saying an argument. It's just a lot of money. No, I understand what you're saying, though. It is. It's a realistic part, and I think a lot of people are like, let's just fire him and go to somebody else. Let's get Lincoln Raleigh. Like, okay, like live in reality for a minute. But th- that is the kind of person. But I think, um, do you think it's more likely that he is run out of town in uh, three years or less, or that he aligns himself with an offensive mind or philosophy that can change the trajectory of Texas A&M because he does have control. He has hiring control. He has all the control you need for the team. But I think even he has to realize this is not tenable and I can't get. Yeah. I mean, the whole staff is probably gone this off season, right? Like he's definitely going to do a quote unquote clean house and not blame himself. Now it's just a matter of who he can get to come down there. And then the recruiting class, like their quarterbacks aren't working out. Right. You know, uh, this might be like a radio show caller uh, theory, um, but do you remember, I cannot, uh, his name escapes me at this point, but the guy that Orgeron had running the offense. Joe? Uh, Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Brady, yeah. I think that would make a call and just be like, hey, my guy, what are you up to? Would you like to run this offense? Do you know who I would call? I would Hmm. call Matt Rule. Oh, that's interesting. I think Matt Rule is going to have his pick of the, if it's not the Nebraska job, it's something else. Matt Rule is going to have his pick of the Nebraska job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then see which other coaches switch around. But um if you're Texas AM and you're these boosters, give 10 million next year to Matt Rule to come in and be the second in command. Matt Rule can take a year off from being the head honcho and see what happens, and you're gonna make a ton of money. And then you you were already gonna pay that money just to get rid of Jimbo plus pay another coach anyways. Like, why can't we do something like that? 
Yeah, I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I do think I don't know why, but Matt Rule just he looks like someone who doesn't wash well, you know? And that would be just Does like, Jimbo? Hello. I think he washes a little too well, honestly. That's why the hairline's doing that, you know. Um Joe Brady, <laughs> uh, to clean that up, he is uh the quarterback's coach for the Bills right now. So he's Ken Dorsey's um underling. Wow, that so, feels weird. Didn't I Joe- know uh, the word was he always wanted to be in the NFL because he went from like the Saints to the uh, to LSU and then obviously the Panthers and now he's with the Bills. So I don't know that he'll want to come back to college football, but man, I would just at uh, desperate times. Uh, desperate, if I'm Joe Brady, I'm saying as the quarterback coach in Buffalo with Josh Allen for as many years as they'll allow me to, then going to Texas A&M to run offense under Jimbo and everything that's going on there. Yeah, it's really if you want to be in college, that's the move. But if he doesn't, which I don't think he does, uh, uh, he stays away. Um, okay, so uh, over number two, I wanted to run by you. Uh, and this is in, you know, we had mentioned the Daniel Snyder uh, piece on ESPN uh, by uh, Seth something. And Wickersham? Yes, thank you. Seth Wickersham uh, and others uh, that Daniel Snyder's compiled a, like a like a blacklist of information against all the other NFL owners. He denied that. Uh, but uh, I guess in the last week or so, Jim Irsay came out during the uh, owners meetings. He's like, we got to get this bozo out of here. He really tweeted broke it. the code. He, uh, tweeted it, uh, found reporters to speak to broke the code of silence that traditionally is upheld uh, between all the NFL owners. Um, so now that lots have been cast and invest- investigations are still ongoing and we don't know how it's going to land on Daniel Snyder, I want to ask you how many salacious owner stories will be leaked to the press for the end of the year as a threat by Daniel Snyder against owners like Jim Ursay? I'm putting it at two and a half um, because we do know, we do know, even though we have no evidence, we know Daniel Snyder does have a blacklist of information. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm going to take the under, and here's why. Mm. I think the list against Daniel Snyder is way more than the list that Daniel Snyder has against all the other owners. Okay, okay. Also, the theory right now out of Indianapolis, it's it's a joke, but it's also kind of funny and sad and true, is that you can't leak anything against Jim Irsay. It's all out there. Okay, that's kind of what I would say to Daniel Snyder and Jim Irsay. It's everything they're doing is out there, like a suitcase of cocaine and drugs. Check, like it's all there. <laughs> so but I don't the, think you can the, shame either of those. The guys. crazy part, and I think that maybe hopefully everything about Jim Irsay is already out there because with Jim Irsay stuff that is already out there, there's a very good chance that there's stuff that's not out there. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the fact that he used to be a 300 pound bodybuilder. Yeah. You know, there's probably stuff around that time that maybe hasn't come out yet based on everything else we know since then, allegedly. And that's just, you know, I I think it's very interesting that Jim is leading the charge. Jim Ursay is leading, weird to call it, just call him Jim, my fault. That's okay. Um, Jim Ursay is leading the charge against Daniel Snyder, but maybe that's because, and I'm hoping that that means all skeletons are out of the closet at this point and Daniel Snyder is just bad for the NFL. The stadium is terrible. The front office is terrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, just it's time. And and the NBA makes this happen. The NFL somehow only did it with Jerry Richardson. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. It's very weird, but that was that was very quick. And maybe he just wanted a bunch of money where Daniel Snyder, this is like the power that he has in the world. And so he's yeah. okay with just getting drug all the time. If you're this rich, like you always say, like we, we win one bet and we go buy an island in, in Hawaii. Like Daniel Snyder, sell this freaking team for so much money and go buy Hawaii. Like you, you're going to have so much money, but it's just about ego and power at, at this point. But I'm going to take the under because I think that these are all just empty threats from people that don't want to get dragged. So they're not going to drag. 
Okay, I, I it's a great point because I I'm with you. I don't understand why you just don't like um, uh, f off and go away. You know, but again, it's about power. It's about identity. Because I promise you, the second somebody gives me like fifty million, just fifty million dollars, not even like five billion or whatever the uh, the commanders would get, um, you're never hearing from me again. Oh, bro, I'm gone. You'll never see me on the internet again, on social media. I'm a ghost. I'm like Kaiser Soze. It's over. Okay. I'm out of here. 50 million. The number is so much lower. Oh, it's so much lower than that. But 50, <laughs> if you just give me 50, it would be like a whisper of a ghost. It would never, never be around again. Uh, but I'm going to take the under as well because I think two will drop. I think two will definitely drop. And I think we'll get an Ursae. We'll get an Ursae. And uh, Daniel Snyder, I think that's the one. But Ursae is like, listen, there's so much worse you don't even know about. Um, and then I, I have... I, I made up like a little bit of a list of people, other targets that you might see um, uh, with stories dropped about uh, Dean Spanos, uh, just because he just sounds like the the head of like a, a, a douchey all boy school. He's a Chargers <laughs> guy. I feel like nobody likes the Chargers. They're always underwhelming. Um, the Haslam's, they're one of those who kind of do their own dirty laundry too. Uh, Jimmy Haslam, if you don't know, check into him. Uh, the uh, Arthur Blank, because he looks like a like a spooky butler. Uh, in a ghost house. If Cruella DeVille was a man, that's oh. what Arthur Blank would look like. I mean, that's what Arthur Blank looks like. I wish there was like a, uh, the Cruella, whatever, Emma Stone movie, Arthur Blank could be her butler, like her Alfred. And I would completely, I, I would ask no questions about that. That'd be perfect. Ziggy Wilf, because that's a fun name. And I feel like he gets into weird stuff. I don't know anything about him. Could be yeah, a great I, guy. I like him. I like the name. I like his look, but yeah. I'm not saying that I, uh, I'm not saying all the closets are clean with that gentleman. I've, yeah, I just have no idea. That name's just crazy. Uh, and I'm going to go Bob Craft and Jerry Jones just because of past history. You know, tells well, us some stuff's up. Yeah, so both of the, some of, some of both of their stuff is very much out. Yeah. And then, did you hear about the fight that they got in? I did. I did. And they were like, "That's just that's just alpha males. That's just silverback gorillas like fighting each other." I'm like, I don't know. That felt a little personal, you know. But also, I like how Jerry backed down because Jerry said, "Don't f with me." And then Bob Craft said, "What'd you say?" And then Jerry said, "Don't mess with me." Why? Why? That's is a little Jerry bit of respect. Censoring. You gotta. Yeah. Why is? Why is he censoring the f word? That was backing down. That was backing down. That's a hundred percent backing down. This is a guy again who you know masturbated into a shoe. I don't know why he's like I shouldn't say the f word to Bob. Bob's getting married. You know he's in his. <laughs> Bob is married now. Yeah. That was- yeah. Want to respect him. Um, so okay, I look forward to that. So we'll we'll keep an eye out and we'll identify those as we go. Last one uh, of the Rams. Packers, Bucks, Colts, Chargers, Ravens, Niners. I want to ask you, how many of these teams will make the playoffs? I'll repeat the teams. Uh, Rams, Packers, Bucks, Colts, Chargers, Ravens, Niners. So that is seven total teams. I'm going to set the number two and a half. You're taking the over the under. This is hard. This is really hard because it's got a lot of other things that have to happen for right. the number to be over. I like the over. And I'll name the teams that I like, but I'm going to take the over because it's. I think it's a generous over-under number with mm-hmm. seven teams available. Uh, I just have to make three, and I don't have to name them, but I'm going to name them, obviously, for the fodder of it. I think the Niners and the Ravens make the playoffs. I agree. I have them I down, I can't too. figure out this Ravens team, and it's the same every freaking year. They scare you one week. They lose a tight game the next week. They lose a weird game the next week, and then they win three straight. Right. Yep. So in that like span, they were four and two. That makes the playoffs. It's it's just I don't know what this Ravens team is. I feel like the NFC's version of that is the Niners. And yeah. I think that with, you know, Christian McCaffrey, if he stays healthy, your point will be he does not, so he right. won't. Now he's on the Niners. 
I've, I cannot remember a more injured team over time, yeah. year after year after year, than the Niners. This was the worst karmic team for Christian McCaffrey to go to. Yeah. That's why I, I mentioned that last week of just like the Niners collect players who are available because they get injured all the time. So what do you think is going to happen when they all get injured at the same time? It's not going to be good. But I, th- I like your point about the Niners and the Ravens kind of being the inverse of each other. And I think that's true. It's like the Ravens are exceptional at quarterback in terms of like the uh, multiplicity of Lamar's skills, even though I don't think he's been good this year. I think he's been very limited. I feel like throwing the ball. But he's not been bad. He's been fine. He's not been bad, but he is the tip of the spear. I feel like for the Niners, it's everything but the quarterback. Everything but the quarterback is good. And Jimmy G limits them. But I, but I agree with you. I think both are, both have reputation and toughness and that's what they'll, what'll get into the playoffs. It's really, what's the other team. And I, I mean, I landed on the Bucks, and we kind of talked through it before, but I don't, I don't see the Colts. I've got an option to cash out. I have a Colts winning the uh, AFC South, and I think I'm going to cash that bet out because they're off yeah. half of what I wagered. I just don't. I don't see it for the Colts. I don't see it for the Chargers. I think that coach has got to go. I think Brandon Staley's got to go. I disagree. I think the Chargers are going to start ripping some games off here because the in that division, I think that they can get enough wins because the Broncos are an absolute mess. Yep. The Raiders are the weirdest team to me. Um, I don't know if we said it on our show. I definitely heard it on other shows. I don't listen to other podcasts. We know that, but there's a couple right. other sports podcasts that are good. That people tell me about. Uh, I think when they were one and four, were they the best one and four team of all time? Like, you know, <laughs> how that's been like a thing. Are they the best 0 and 6 team? Are they the best 6 and 0 team? Like, they were one and four and, and they were playing hard and they had, you know, they, they lost that weird cardinals game but yeah. anyways the raiders they're just losing games this year i don't know if it's on purpose or not but they're just losing games so maybe the chargers get one or two there depending on maybe the, i don't know if the raiders have already played them twice so i apologize for that but i think the chargers are, are the one on the list that i would put as the third i can see the packers definitely doing it. we talked about that i'm not fully arguing your bucks point the rams no clue what's going no, on with them no way they're not going to do it they're just they're not hang deep enough over, they've got injuries hangover city the yeah. colts it, it, it'd be it'd be fun it'd be interesting to see sam sam e come in and just light this up or at least do enough to win a few games but ravens niners chargers gets me my over those are the teams i'm picking with the backup of packers slash bucks they can't both miss the playoffs this year right yeah, they can't because the NFC is not good enough. The NFC is right. not good this year. So if I, I probably should have made that number three and a half, and I would have taken the under. I think it's right at three. I think yes, the, I agree. Those seven, three, three definitely make it. Which three? I have no idea, but uh, I'm not going to be betting that because we don't bet on the NFL anymore. Yes, um, yes, I do. <laughs> all right, mm, over under is done. Let's go ahead and move to the cameo close to the pin uh, for this episode. I want you know we mentioned the Phillies at the top. Um, we're both rooting against, for them against the Astros for reasons we don't completely understand, but we are going to do that. Um, so accordingly, I wanted to pick a former Phillies legend who I believe we may have used as a cameo before, but I cannot remember the price, and I feel confident you can't either. Um, so we're going to go John Cruck. <laughs> you John should Cruck. feel you should feel very confident in that because I also believe that we've used him before because we yeah. it's just somebody that we loved on uh, what was he on baseball tonight and uh-huh. then this Sunday night baseball every once in a while when we used to watch baseball yeah um but yeah it, he's a beloved figure he's a he's a hilarious guy with great stories but I, I do think we've done it before and i have no clue what the number is honestly we could do we could repeat people if we just put two weeks between it i would i would have no <laughs> I idea 
a week I would probably catch on to that, but every other week I would have no idea. I think the only thing I remember is Spencer Rattler, and I don't want to do him again. And I think his business number was like ten grand, and I was like, "What are we doing here?" Because that's thrown off all my business numbers from here on forward. So my question with John Cruck is: Are we doing two numbers? We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to guess the initial number and we're going to write down a business number. The winner gets to use their business number as the guess for a bonus round for a second point. So are we sense? doing one point and then half point? Because I kind of like that. Or is it one point, one point? Okay, I'll do half point. I'll do half point. Okay, because you're at 8.25. I'm, I'm an aggressive guy and I wanted to go full point, but that's okay. That's okay. We can play smaller. I just think that like because you won, you shouldn't get a whole nother point. But you have to hit it exact, right? You have to hit it exact. Okay, then it's back to a point. Sorry. Okay. All right. Okay. We're back to a point. All right. So I feel really good about both of my guesses. Uh, I've got mine. You've got yours. Uh, my number is 99. My number is 125. 125. Okay. Um, I, you know, I'm, again, I'm trying to anticipate what you're going to do. And I'm trying to like edge you out a little bit. So... Um, I like that there's a bit of a dead zone between us. Uh, I just don't think John Crook is probably as in demand as most people would think he is right now. So I feel like we can get him a cheaper number. That's what I'm thinking. But these numbers are freaking all over the place, man. He's described right. as a former M- MLB all-star. I would have thought he's influencer at this point, but hey, you know, live your <laughs> life. Um, wow. Okay. Well, I win because he is, you can get a video from him for 50 bucks. Okay. 50 bucks. I think I remember now us talking about humility, if we did him before, but or, otherwise I'm thinking about like Mark Brunel or somebody. I would say, John, you can get more than that. You're worth more than that. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're a, I don't, you theoretically could be talked about as a Hall of Famer. You're not a Hall of Famer, but you could be talking about that. And you're on ESPN, you're on TV. Uh, and it, it calls him highly responsive, which I feel like is kind of, it's not a great look, honestly. I would just be like medium responsive. I'm not like over ambitious about getting back to you, but I'll get back to you, you know, in a reasonable amount of time. Um, his business price, I did not hit that. I guess 5,000. His business video number is $960. $960. Very weird. My guess for his business was $2,500. So okay. I've also not gotten it. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Over Underachievers. And before you go, remember, please follow the show on Twitter and on Instagram, uh, Twitter at OU Achievers and on Instagram at Over Underachievers. Also, if you want to spread the word, you can do so by leaving a five-star rating and review which is helpful, but the most helpful thing you can do is sharing the show with a friend. I'm Knox. He's Jason. We'll see you next time.